Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. your sitter. Wow. As long as there are fans on this is that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans come in here, the Celtic fans come in here, Laker fans come in here. I take that hell on the way out. Jokic, here's the pickaxe. Welcome in to the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross from DenverStiffs.com. Here with you guys once again after a week off. That one was my fault. I'll take the blame. But we are back. Gordon is going to be here gutting it out through a cold. Mr. Gross, uh, health notwithstanding, how are you, sir? Doing all right. It's always better when the uh, Nuggets decide to show up. So That is, yeah, it would have been, been a much tougher podcast if we were staring back-to-back losses here. Instead, uh, we are recording this pretty much right after that game against the Clippers Nuggets. I have a big run there in what was the second quarter. Uh, and then nearly, nearly let the Clippers come all the way back and take it late. But they do hold on, get the victory over LA 114-104. We are, to, of course, going to talk uh, quite a bit about that game in the show. We're going to wrap up the whole week. In fact, it started out pretty well. Nicole Jokic gets 47 points against the Atlanta Hawks, comes back, uh, has a huge third quarter and a victory against the Dallas Mavericks. Nuggets end up closing out their five-game road trip with a 3-2 and two record. A lot of people think Dallas uh, might have been the best win of the season. We'll talk, uh, we'll debate that topic on the show. And then, of course, what happens? They come home, they play the lowly, Cleveland Cavaliers and lose 111-103. Uh, classic Nug life. Got to right start expecting that, man. Like, uh, terrible team, terrible loss. Yep, stone penciled in. I do. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot. Um, there are some, I think, trap game aspects of that Cavs game that I want to talk about. But it, uh, we definitely want to dive into Is that kind of like the trend now with the Nuggets and these, these kind of uh, disappointing games when they are uh, against teams they should clearly beat. Because guess what? As we're going to do the second half of the show, we're going to do preview the upcoming week. Denver's got two of those with the Hornets and the Golden State Warriors on the schedule this week at home against Charlotte and then on the road on national TV, nonetheless, against the Golden State Warriors. They will, we will talk about how Denver avoids a letdown uh, in those two games. And then wrap it up, the Pacers will be back here in Denver. Of course, we saw them last what was it last week about there about um, when Nuggets saw them on that road trip that I mentioned got the win there. We'll see if they can repeat that success this time at home this upcoming weekend. Of course, we all in the show as always with our predictions for the Nuggets record on the week. So let's not delay. Let's go back first to I don't I, I don't want to talk too much about I guess the Atlanta game. It was just so long ago. I don't think there's much to take. Uh, I guess the one thing I would say, Gordon, that I take from that Atlanta game was it was. Nicole Jokic, if anybody else showed up and, and, and showed that, you know, the Nuggets were coming off another bad loss there, uh, with the Wizards loss prior to that Hawks game. And then Jokic came out and kind of showed that, like, he was, was not going to take the same effort 
again, at least at least not in that game. And he came comes out right. of that forty seven point game. I mean, it's 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 hard, I guess, to think. I want to ask, like, you know, is it encouraging to see him respond to that? But then you know that what happens in the Cleveland game just two games later. Exactly. So it's. It's hard, I think, to take too much from this. I want to. I'll just skip right into the Dallas game. What? Do you, let me ask you this, because a lot of people threw this out there. Was that, in your eyes, the best win of the season so far for the Nuggets? I, yeah, you know, I I would have to say that it was, considering that the Nuggets were were still working uh, a bit shorthanded. Yeah, they had, Will Barton was out that game as well, if you remember, because he was uh, attending right. his cousin's funeral. Yeah, so they were they were shorthanded against a a very quality team. Um, led by um, a sizable wing ball handler for which they have no defense. Right. You know, uh, and they they rose to the occasion. It was it was really good to see. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, Luka Doncic really struggled that first meeting against the Nuggets. It's kind of funny. He didn't play very well, but the rest of the Mavericks did. It's actually, I think that was the Nuggets' first loss of the season, if I remember correctly, um, against that Dallas team early on. Then this time now, second time around, Luca played pretty well. I mean, he he was very good until the fourth quarter, at least. Kind of fell off a cliff there at the end. Fourth quarter, they really did bring a bunch of different pressure. It, right. it really felt like um, they had game planned for we're not going to try to stop him in the first three. We're going to change our defensive scheme in the fourth to try to get the ball out of his hands, to try to force him um, into things he doesn't want to do. Right, and uh, and we saw that all the way down to the last possession, right, when they brought last that double team, yep. forced the ball out of his hands. Dorian Finney-Smith looked to be about the most shocked man in Denver, or in <laughs> Dallas, I guess, when that ball was in his the hands. The ball's coming to me? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what my am God. I supposed to do? And he went with throw it into the backcourt, which was not uh, a good idea. Yeah, they, they really did uh, switch up the defense, and it was really a tale of two halves, because even though Doncic was still cooking there in the third, that was when Jokic scored 21 points in that quarter, Jokic, which was... Yeah, Jokic just rolled out of the half and decided, you know what, I'm done with this game. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I, I'm with a lot of people. The only other game that I thought, you know, could compare was that first one against Houston when they when they just completely dominated James Harden. Those, to me, that would be the only one that stands out along with this Dallas game. But when you consider yep. being down Millsap and Barton and and playing a caliber team like Dallas has, has shown to be this season... It's very impressive, especially because they were they you know they've been on that road trip. They had that ugly loss against the Wizards, and and you you had the the road trip before that one that was particularly tough. Where I think they went, went one and three. So to get to not only get that win on the road, but then to cap off a road trip with a winning record, I thought it was a really really big win in terms of showing this team still does have what it takes to win games on the road, which I think has been and a they, fair yeah, that question they can do season. it. That they can do it at the end. That they can do it when they're tired. Right. They can do it when they just want to be home. Like, that was good. Right. So, I mean, it, it was a very nice uh, cap to the trip. Of course, it was not long. The the good feelings, at least, were not long served yeah. because you come home. And now, I'll say this, Gordon. People say this often. One of the hardest games, one of the hardest parts about a long road trip is that first game back home in your own arena? You kind of take your foot off the gas because you've been out on the on the road so long. You're getting home. You're in your you're in the comfort of your own bed, and and you maybe don't approach that that first game back 
with the same kind of fervor. And especially when you had the Cleveland Cavaliers, one of the worst teams in the league, sandwiched in between this big win against the Mavericks and the, the Los Angeles Clippers the very next night. I mean, it definitely had the essence of a trap game, right? I mean, and then that's how, that's kind of how it played out. Like they never really had, uh, it wasn't like the Cavs stole one. I mean, the Cavs pretty much controlled that game throughout the entire course of it. Oh, yeah. Well, and the, the Nuggets had no answers for them at guard. I mean, it, I don't even know that the Nuggets ran a really serious practice. They were tired, right. and they they just decided, you know what? We haven't been able to practice in a couple of weeks. We're just going to kind of get out there, you know, get up and down, and um, and then get out and beat the Cavs, and that that did not happen. Right, yeah. Um, the Nuggets had no answer for anybody who had a ball in their hands. The Nuggets were like, what? We have no we have no clue what's happening right it's now. It sort of it felt a lot like that game against Brooklyn, right? Where the they yep. scored something like twenty Spencer Dinwiddie, especially in these what it was like they scored twenty six or twenty nine points in the paint in the yeah. third quarter. It was very, you know, similar. It wasn't like your guards are beating you with you know jump shots and, and step backs. Right. They're not sinking they're not sinking crazy outside shots. They're just getting where they want to get and throwing it in the hoop. Yeah, and and the Nuggets are not a team um, that is built to be great at defending the rim against fast guards. I mean, Nicole Jokic can do what he no. can in terms of steals and getting his hands in there, but guys who are good ball handlers, guys who have good ball security, are going to be able, if they can get past that first wave of defense, uh, with especially with the ease that we saw, you know, like Garland and Sexton were doing. I mean, it's you. There's not going to be a lot of a lot in the way of uh, stopping them from then getting to the rim and getting an easy shot, especially when Paul Millsap, uh, Paul Millsap is also out. You know that uh, that really hurts them here. But I think, I mean, you you can tell me if you feel differently. I you know there there you can point to issues of of Jamal Murray not necessarily being the best on ball defender and Millsap being out and the Nuggets not having great rim protection. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Cleveland loss was about effort. You know, they, they, they didn't they, really want to They, they didn't want to fight through screens. They right. didn't want to, like, you see, all you saw all the game was like, oh, here's a screen. Hey, look, the card's like behind him or on his hip. Yep, no threat there. Um, no one's stepping forward to block or get a charge. Like, that's all it was, man, was screen up high, head for the basket. Screen up high, head for the basket. You know, uninterrupted layup lines was really a frustrating thing to see. That's the effort level where you're not, switching you're not making the second effort you're not recovering after the screen you're not making any defensive adjustments you're not they just ran out there and and didn't have a real plan and didn't adjust anything and it was it was a frustrating loss malone you know after the game you know was like well we just you know the altitude got us on the way back where we just seemed tired yeah and that that, it was really weird it it was kind of a weird press conference the way he yeah he kind of just you would expect Malone to be really fired up and it, and it wasn't necessarily like that. He was kind of like, well, this is some days he takes his foot off the gas. Some yeah. days he is willing to say, you know what, this, this, I'm mad, but I'm going to put on my happy face. And he just puts on the little, like, you know, the troll mask over the, the angry crying dude. Right. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's just what he does. Uh, and it paid off because the team was like, oh, he's not yelling at us. Yeah, Ooh, I, maybe we'll just go back out and beat the beat the Clippers. Then that's fine. And so, I mean, let's dive into that. Do you think that that so you think that was the right move by Malone to to basically just be like, eh, we let it fly? Do you and do you think that was kind of the overall attitude of the Nuggets in general with this Cleveland game? Is it was almost like, well, okay, as long as we we get the game against the Clippers, then 
it, it all yeah. works out. If you're over, if you're going to overlook a team, man, and you're going to be like, eh, we were looking forward to the next game. Well, you better get that game. Like, right. if it's a trap game and you lose a trap game, you better win the game after it that you were focused on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And they did. And they did. And that's and that's. I mean, credit to them. And they came out tonight and they looked very, very strong. Uh, against against the Clippers, they got them there in that second quarter. I figure, I think what was the run uh, there? I'm trying to pull it up here. They they ended up being outscoring by 15 points there in the second quarter. Really yeah. blew the game wide open. And then, like we said, they come back at the end, which you can you can kind of expect, I guess, on a night on a second night of a back to back. That they look like yeah, they kind of lost tired. their legs a little bit. Yeah, but they they ended up still getting that win. I, let me. I, well, the thing I noticed and I wanted to to talk to you most. Uh, about specifically in this game, Gordon, what do you think of Malone going with Jeremy Grant? Obviously, Millsap's still out, so he puts Jeremy Grant in the starting lineup, but instead of um, having Grant defend at the power forward, he actually puts him on Kawhi Leonard. Do you do you like that? I mean, Kawhi still gets 30 points to take some 25 shots to get there, though. Do you think that was the right call? Well, uh, yeah. Uh, he's the only guy who had the length to do it. Right, because your other option is is to put Will Barton on him. Will Barton, and I'm sorry, but Kawhi is going to like you know break Will Barton in half. Right, like they're just not in the same size, like weak. That's that's not how it is. Um, so you needed a bigger guy. You got Hammer, you got Tory Craig, and you don't want Tory Craig out there all the time. Right. So the guy you could use was Jeremy Grant. Um, he has the length to at least bother Kawhi, and some of the foot speed to at least get in his way. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's um, he's not going to get completely blown by. It's like, you know, you couldn't put – if Paul Millsap, for example, had been playing, you can't put Millsap out there on Kawhi Leonard. He's just not fast enough laterally, whereas Grant, he's got enough of that to be able to do it. And he's got that long wingspan, which really, you know, helps even if you're a little bit not quite as quick as the guy you're guarding. If you've got long arms, you can you can stay in front of him uh, that way, or you can cheat and, and try and get him um, – you know, try and get a recover on a block. Great. To, I don't think he, yeah, he had two blocks tonight. That's he, right. Yeah. So he had a block. He yeah. had a chase down. Yeah. He, that's right. That's right. He had the big, uh, that big chase down block. He's, um, I, I liked it's, it. It's know. what I would use Grant for. Honestly. Yeah. It, He's not a good, um, team defender necessarily. He's not a great one-on-one -on -one right. defender positionally, but he's long and troublesome. Yeah. Jeremy Grant was some Syracuse, right? Is that, did I get that right? I don't remember where he went to college. I'm gonna I, I, for some reason it sticks in my head. Yeah, Syracuse, which is why I was thinking I was like he's the one. He's a fantastic defender for like a zone defense, right? Like yes. that's that's yeah. where he's good, where he can kind of roam and he can use his length. Like he uh and and then and then you know recover on a lot of things when things break down. That's that's what he's best at. He can get in those you know get in those blocks. How he's gonna use block well, shots. One of the reasons we've talked about him as a small ball center because then he can he can pull kind of a Marcus Camby. Yeah. You know, without the rebound. But like that sort of, you know, long, um, you know, uh, easily adjusting, uh, you know, help, help on the weak side, hold down his man in the middle. Like if you small ball center him, it makes sense because then he can go ahead and, you know, cover bigs and be quick enough to recover inside and handle, um, you know, switches. Right. Like it, it, it works, but. He's six eight. That's I think. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, that's that's he's six eight and maybe like what like a buck sixty. Like he can't yeah. be. He's not. He, I'm sure he's more than a buck sixty. He's two ten. But you get what I mean. Like you know, he's not. He's not a stout guy. So anybody of any size, even even a team like um, 
LA who plays fairly small. I mean, Zubats is, is a big dude, but he only played 18 minutes tonight. Most of the time they're playing Montrez Harrell down there. Um, Montrez, yeah, Montrez eight tonight though. Right. And I was say, even a guy like him, he's going to give a guy, someone like Jeremy Grant trouble in the post because Montrez, he probably has got like 50 pounds on the dude, you know, he's just, right. and yeah, he, man, he was, um, the Nuggets had no answer for him. They usually don't, and and that's just no, no, they don't. You know, that's just kind of where it is. Unless Millsap, I mean, especially if you don't have Paul Millsap in there, that's the one guy who's got, you know, the beef to bang down there with with Montrose Harrell. Without him, um, the the Nuggets just don't profile very well against those kind of really strong, athletic, uh, defensive minded uh, guys like like Harrell, who are just gonna just basically outwork you on the boards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the they're they're board hungry, you know, and um, that that's just who Montrez is. He's he's a really fun um, energy guy who plays with a motor and a chip on his shoulder, and that's that's always fun to watch. Right. I, I, Unless you're you know watching him get thirty for you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. <laughs> you you love him or you hate him depending on whether or not he's on your team. Um. Well, I, I guess what, my other I don't really have many other takeaways. What's weird from this Clippers game? It's kind of like other you know they so they go on the huge run. Uh, obviously in the second quarter, Jokic, um, had, had a big, big game. He was a big part of that quarter. He started, I think he knocked down, did he hit all three of his three pointers in that second quarter? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it it felt like he did. Um, you know, Murray, Murray was solid. He got to the line a lot, which you like to see, but I, I guess maybe that's Murray got to the line a ton. Yeah. Like this was one of those weirdly paced, whistle heavy games. Those two guys, yeah, they uh, it was kind of a and that and maybe that's the way I don't I take a ton from. It seemed very methodical, which I guess maybe maybe is that something we should be really happy about against this Clippers team? Is the Nuggets really? Uh, it didn't ever look like it was they had to work that hard, right? It looked it like they pretty like much this. yeah they just went out and like built you know brick by brick. Uh, well, luckily they weren't bricking. But you know right. they they went out and, and just you know took their lunch pail and went to work and right. it was good. Yeah, I mean they. But that's the thing. I mean they they shot. And also well. helps when LA can't shoot threes. Yeah, and maybe that was it. Yeah, LA was awful from the from beyond the rain or from beyond the arc. That um that was their Achilles heel tonight for sure because yeah. what did they end up shooting like like twenty five percent? Yeah, so that yeah, was but 20, 24, 25 percent from the field. Yeah, or from the three. You know, and that, and that was really the Achilles heel of the Nuggets. Funny enough, against the Clippers or not the Clippers against yep. the Cavaliers was. They couldn't, they, they couldn't shoot anything. Yeah. yeah, they were they were awful all night. So it, it's kind of interesting. I guess it kind of always comes down to uh, make your buckets. Make shots, and the game gets easier, man. That's just how it goes. Do you, what, so what do you take out of this Clippers win tonight, Gordon? Do you read more into it than just a win? Or is this – I mean, again, you uh, on the second night of a back-to-back – uh, against one of the best teams in the Western Conference, a team certainly with final aspirations. You know, we talked about, is Dallas the best win of the season? Is there an argument to be made that this was the best win of the season? It was a fairly complete win. I mean, the bench even made, got scored some points. You know, Michael Porter got to put up 13. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, and you saw the bench. The bench didn't get completely, like, they they were a very no. strong unit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Torrey Craig, you know, and, and Mont, uh, Monte Morris were in double digits, like, um, they held their own on the glass. It was, you know, it 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 was a it was a pretty complete game. I mean, you didn't like the scoring from Will Barton, you know, you know, for instance. But right. it, I mean, that happens. Like, what are you gonna do? Right. Yeah. I mean, not everybody's gonna score uh, twenty points. If you do, you'd win one fifty to you know whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So. No. No. Um, I mean, both units were positive. Like the bench was was uh, in the in the positive plus minus, and so was the starters. Um, against the Clippers, that's. That's pretty good. 
Yeah, I mean, you. That's that's kind of I think the way you think it. Do you do you take anything back just because Paul George isn't playing? Oh uh, well, yeah. I mean, Paul George isn't playing, and um, uh, the Nuggets. I mean, Lou Williams hurt him. Yeah, a little. And and I think that's the thing that really with Paul George out that that kind of makes the Clippers not nearly as dangerous because now Lou Williams is starting. And so if yeah. you look at, I mean, you look at it tonight, you know, Montrezl Harrell obviously comes off the bench, but he played, he's, right. for all intents and purposes, he's a starter, right? They, they put Zubats out there, but um, right. Harrell's going to get the majority of the minutes there. So really that bench with, with Williams not, not coming off that bench and having to start, it's really lacking in punch, right? I mean, you, look, man, like Landry Shamit played 25 minutes and scored nothing. Right. Right. Jeff Green okay. played 17 and scored two, you know? It, yeah. So like, yeah, that, that hurt them not having Lou on the bench. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, again, the nuggets were also still without Millsap. So, you know, it's – I still think that the the Clippers and the Nuggets are a pretty even match in the regular season. Um, the Nuggets are going to need that whistle in the playoffs. Right. The thing – the other thing with Paul George uh, being out, as we talked about, it allows you to put Jeremy Grant in this case on Kawhi Leonard because, you know, yep. the, the – the options then for for Will Barton or well he's going to either cover Patrick Patterson or Jeff Green Mo, Mo Harkless you know there's not the the Clippers aren't coming with a ton of size anyways so then right. when you take out a guy like Paul George who's who's a dangerous player and you allow Will Barton to to cover one of those other guys it really um, it really can let you focus and take away a lot of what what the Clippers want to do on what offense. is one of the reasons I liked I liked um, Michael Porter Jr. being aggressive. Yeah. He's huge. They don't have an, an answer for that. Like on on their bench, there's no there's nobody that they're going to be like put that guy on Michael Porter Jr. and shut him down. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I mean, Mo Harkless is your best bet, and he didn't. Uh, he really didn't do much in the way of. Well, he, of he's he's I don't want to say dwarf, but like he's not six he, ten. He gives up se- <laughs> he, he he gives up several inches to Michael Porter Jr. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. All right, tell you what, we will, um, let's go ahead and let's hit a break, and then we will come back, we'll turn the page, and they're going to have two, uh, two pretty winnable games on the schedule, we'll dive into those first before looking ahead to that Pacers game, so stick with us, we'll be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest, or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 
719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Podcast. It is Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross from DenverStiffs.com. We spent the first half of the show talking about the Nuggets. I, don't know, I call it a turd sandwich in the rundown. I guess it was, <laughs> you know, that's. Well, I guess I guess they would call it a compliment sandwich, right? Is what what it really was. It was yeah, a win go. sandwich. They had a nice win, then a turd, and then a nice win. Yeah, they made it. They made it all work out there. Um, in the middle, but now the Nuggets have the. You know, what's funny is you'd say, okay, they have they have a great chance to get ahead in the standings because, and this is going to be a big week because they've got you know the Hornets and the Warriors, and then they've got the Pacers. Yeah, and that's a good team, but they're at home, so great right. chance to be three and zero. But you have to stop and say, wait a second, this is a team who just lost to the Wizards and the Cavs within sort of side of one week. Like you yeah. can't count on them to beat either one of these teams, whether it's the Hornets, nope. certainly not the Warriors going into San Francisco on national TV. I mean, how many times have we seen them embarrass themselves on national TV? Yeah, not show up. Yeah, right. It's I. I mean, I, I guess let's start here, Gordon. Which what game would you be more concerned about? What team do you think uh, the Hornets or the Warriors could give the Nuggets more problems? Who's got the smallest scoring guards? Yeah, right. Well, Terry Rozier. I mean, that's. See, there you go. Okay, thirty from Terry Rozier. <laughs> Terry Rozier, that is. Yeah, I mean, there's. I. It's. It's something that they they continue to seem to struggle with, and uh, I guess, uh, man, I was so I tried to watch a Warriors game. Uh, yeah, they were on national TV after the Nuggets game. On what it's we, such a weird, it's such a weird thing where you're like, who's who stole these jerseys? What's happening? Yeah, right? Who is this? And what is this team? But yeah, I watched them after. It was must have been after that Dallas game, um, because that was the one the Nuggets were on national TV, and they, they, yeah, you don't, I don't even know who plays for uh, Golden State. It seems like, um, but but well, the, it's it's crazy to watch their minute distribution this year, man. The uh, yeah, I mean the Warriors, it's they seem to have pretty much. Uh, I mean, you've got you've got D'Angelo Russell like nice. going out there. That's true. God, D'Angelo um, Russell could kill the Nuggets. Uh, um, you know, assuming he plays, yeah. Right. Um, but you've got it, it's such a weird mix of guys where you're like Willie Cauley Stein is still out there. Yep. Like, God, I'm looking randomly. This, I mean, you got Omari Spellman uh is playing some minutes glenn robinson the third alec burks these are their starters like yeah yeah like it's it's you know guys who are like ninth on the bench depth squad are all like somehow fourth right yeah yeah, are all are all putting in 30 minutes um, it would be like it would be like watching malik beasley and wancho hernan gomez starting for the nuggets right right and um 
It's, I mean, we've seen the results. It's, boy, I guess, is that the thing that you worry about when you play a team like that with this Nuggets team? Do you feel like they'll, can they play down to that kind of competition, like of, of a Warriors team, of a Hornets team that's just, I mean, I mean, the Hornets are a little bit better, but they're not much better. Yeah, I mean, easily, man. Like, the Nuggets have proven time and again this year that they will play down. They They just will. Um, you know, are you going to let Miles Bridges go off? Maybe you do. Yeah, it's, I guess. Who do you think, Terry Rozier or or D'Angelo Russell? Which one gets more points against the Nuggets? I'm going with D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, right, right. That's the uh, that's the guy who was uh, been the All Star last season. He'd be probably the most concerned. I don't know though. Rozier is kind of like that quick, speedy, get to the rim kind of guy that we're talking about. It's Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, Colin Sexton. These yeah, guys, well, I mean, I like kill the to Nuggets. Give trouble, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, I, I guess, uh, Gordon, when you look at these two games, does it – do you think the Nuggets have a slip-up or do you think they get business done? Against both teams? Yeah. Sure, we'll go with getting business done. They're going to go with – I like it. Gordon is, Gordon is optimistic on both the Hornets and the Warriors. I'm in, I am as well. You know, I think there's – I think there's a, a lesson that has to have hopefully have been learned – when you just dropped two in a row, pretty much not in exactly. a row, but two two in such recent succession with the Wizards and the Cavs, that maybe that they, they will understand. Hey, we can't overlook either this Hornets or this Warriors team. Um, but you never know, man. You never know with these Nuggets. They're 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 a crazy team uh, when it comes to playing these these kind of up and down moments of the season. Um, all right, so then they got one more game on the docket, which will be next Sunday against the Pacers. Nuggets got the win against Indiana uh, a week prior when they were in Indiana, one of the best wins, again, on that road trip. Um, but I think you have to wonder how repeatable is it, right? Because if you remember, that's the game that Michael Porter Jr. scores 25 points. So... I well, do. I don't know how many minutes they're going to give him. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, do you, let's start there. Do you do you try and build off that? And I mean, do you say, hey, if 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 maybe Paul Millsap is out instead of starting Jeremy Grant, we start we start Michael Porter Jr. this game. Dude, I have no idea what Malone wants to do <laughs> with Michael Porter Jr. game to game. Yes, minute to minute, half to half. I got nothing. Yeah, it. Um... It's a, it's very well, you know, there was a talk about how he wants to get him up to 25 minutes a game at some point this season. That's what the kind of the goal is. But um, I would I would hope they would play him. You know, I would hope they would play him against the Indiana and and give him a chance to build on what he did last game. If there's any time to show him, hey, we believe in you, it would be to be like, hey, you went off against this team. They put TJ Warren, you know, couldn't basically do anything to stop you. So here you go. We're gonna give you. We're gonna feed you the ball again. Let's go out and prove it. I mean, I'd love to see him do it against you know Charlotte or Golden State. Yeah, that's true. Like those are teams you should handle. Right. Yeah. I mean, Miles Bridges though is pretty tough. He's uh, he's no slouch there at the small forward spot. Uh, I gotta tell you, has anybody slowed Michael Porter's offense so far? It's been his defense that's the issue. Yeah, not really. He had the one game. Uh, what was it? That he was really bad. Um. Was it Dallas? It might have been the Dallas game, uh, and he was just where he had right. He came in and he had a couple of turnovers. I don't know if it was necessarily anybody um, slowing him down as much yeah, as I don't he think, just. I don't kinda, think anybody got in his way though. That was him getting in his way. Right. He just kind of seemed to be playing uh, really tight. 
Yeah, mm. he was plugging dog speed. Yeah, that's why I can't be recording these podcasts too late. I start getting my getting the yawns going. Um, yeah, but I think that's. It seemed like it was a pretty mental kind of just a bunch of mental errors for him in that game where he was um, maybe pressing, I guess, a little bit is what you would say. Uh, and that was kind of the effect. I, I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see. I, that, I think if you're watching, uh, you know, trends with him, that Indiana game is going to stand out as one is, well, the Nuggets should have some faith in him because um, he did carry them to the win. The, the Nuggets will get lucky. Victor Oladipo still will not be back yet, so they won't have to worry about another uh, hey, ridiculous guard. Yeah, right. I mean, because there's probably nobody better uh, with healthy attacking the basket maybe right now. Victor a Oladipo, healthy so. Oladipo would be trouble for the Nuggets. Yes, they they would not have an answer for him. Um, I mean, you, you would expect them to put Gary Harris on them on him, but... Uh, and pray. Yeah, yeah right. And that would be... Uh, that would, would be a whole force. So, all right, Gary, or Gary, uh, Gordon, you said they, uh, no, it's going to go 2-0 against the Warriors and, um, Hornets. So do you think they wrap it up undefeated week 3-0 and on, uh, going into what would be what then I think they play Houston then? It's a big game. They wrote on the road Houston. Oh, well, I guess that makes the Pacers a trap game, right? Uh, it could be. It could be a very good, uh, very much... Could be a trap game. That is correct. If they or no, sorry, no, they I, got I Minnesota. They, they got Minnesota. That's the trap game. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they. Uh, I don't think they win the Pacers game. Uh, see, I, I kind of with you there. I think, um, like I said, I think it's gonna be somewhat hard to replicate how they beat them last time. And I think Indiana's gonna be looking for revenge. The Nuggets are in this kind of weird scenario where they're gonna be okay. They're gonna be at home against Charlotte. Uh, and then they're on the road against Golden State. Then they're at home against Indiana before going back out on another three-game road trip. It's such a weird couple weeks, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the travels just all over the place. So I, I think that is going to play a factor into them. I'm with you. I think the Nuggets are going to go two and one uh, this week as well. It, it probably is a, the same way you think the win against the Hornets and the Warriors, and, and then fall against the Pacers. But I wouldn't be again. I wouldn't be surprised to see them lose. You know, lose that national t- uh, TV game against. Golden State as well, and that, that certainly seems to be the mo. It, the, it does. Uh, yeah, showcase games; they don't tend to show up, but weirdly against big teams, they do. Right, right. So that's uh, kind of been the case of them uh, for going on what three seasons now. All right, I'll tell you what we um we're gonna go ahead and I think we're gonna wrap it up there. Not much for the preview this week, but I mean, um, how much time do you guys want to spend us breaking down the uh, the Hornets and the Warriors? Unfortunately, yeah, I um, I would love to talk basketball, but it's wow. All right, um, Gordon, really quick, uh, Alan Smilajich, what's your what's your breakdown? Give me the scouting report. I got nothing. <laughs> I like Smilajich. He uh he looked pretty good in that game. I was watching like set on national when the Warriors are on national TV because uh, apparently um there's still a hot ticket uh for TNT at least this season. So. Well, yeah, that's because you sign those deals before uh, you find out that everyone and their brother can be injured. <laughs> right, before Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are definitely out for the entire season. Exactly. All right, well, that will wrap it up for us this week. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs. Follow us at Pickaxe Podcast and at Denver Stiffs. Also over on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs as well uh, as YouTube and on Facebook. Make sure you're subscribing over there and subscribe to the podcast channel where you will get the Pickaxe Podcast, Nuggets Numbers, The Dig, and The Denver Stiff Show all coming right through your feed 
as soon as they are released. It's the fastest way to get everything on the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network, so make sure you are subscribing over there as well. Mr. Gordon, appreciate you fighting through the cold, sir, and finishing out an exciting week with the uh, Warriors and Hornets on tap. Hey, if they win it, I'll be totally excited. Don't even worry about it. There you go. All right, everybody, we will talk to you next week. Yes, it's-